Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Ors and today we'll first be speaking to Mr. Kelly Asbury, who's the director of the brand new Smurfs film, Smurfs to Lost Village. So Kelly, how are you doing today? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. So my first question is, how did you approach directing this film? Because this isn't just the only Smurfs film. The Smurfs series is a very long and very famous series. So how did you approach it to specifically uh, make the fans an enjoyable film that is a lot like the other Smurfs films? Or did you go to a different approach? You know, I really did approach this movie, and I told a lot of the team Let's pretend there never has been anything done of the Smurfs before, except for the comic books by Peo. And uh, I tried to go back to the original comics from the 1958 on uh, from Belgium, looked at a lot of those old stories and got the idea for the characters and different characters that Peo himself used. And that was really the approach from the from the beginning was to do something that was sort of a newer take but still actually going back to the older take that people were less familiar with. Very interesting. And personally, you yourself, do you have a favorite Smurf? Uh, my favorite Smurf, I, real, I will always think it's Papa Smurf. He's just such a great guy and such a great dad. But of course, I also did the voice of Nosy Smurf in the movie, so I like him too. Uh, so it's hard to choose. It is hard to choose. I personally like Papa Smurf as well. I always thought he was just a fantastic character. So speaking of Nosy Smurf, since you did play him and you were also the director, did that kind of change the process of being a voice actor at all, or was it still the same? It was pretty much still the same. You know, the funny thing about a lot of times when the filmmakers do voices in these movies, which happens fairly often, um, a lot of times we do what is called scratch dialogue, which is temporary dialogue that we'll use and sometimes different people will play the parts sometimes the director will do it and then it seems to get the right laughs and it seems to work and it's a small enough part where we don't really need a name actor and sometimes it just sticks and in the case of nosy that's what happened i did the voice and everyone just said you know let's not change it let's keep it huh and how was it to work with such a talented cast? I mean, you have people like Julia Roberts, who plays Smurf Willow. You have Ariel Windsor playing Smurf Lily. You have Megan Trainer playing Smurf Melody. You have so many great stars. So what was it like to work with all of them? You know, every one of them was so wonderful and really enjoyed it. And it, they all loved the Smurfs. They all wanted to be Smurfs. They, they took the role because of that. Uh, it was either that or the fact that they had children and they wanted their children to have a movie they could watch of their parent. So it was really wonderful to to be able to to just have fun with these people. They don't have to worry about cameras and makeup and all those things. They can come in the studio and take it easy and be casual. And we really do have a nice atmosphere and we all have fun and enjoy it. So it's it's really a pleasure doing voiceover work and directing actors for that reason. Is they're just a little more at ease. 
there is definitely a lot more flexibility in voiceover work. Speaking of that, since this is an animated film, I assume that the role of a director is very different. Can you kind of tell us about that? Well, it's different in one way, and it's or well, it's different in some ways, and it's also the same as a live-action director. It's just all done over a much longer period of time. A director on any film really is the creative force and the person guiding the team creatively from the very beginning all the way through until you're mixing the sound and you're doing the final color. So it's a it's a process that's very slow and it's a series of short-term goals with each department and each faction of the movie and each aspect of the movie. But the director has to be there to sort of shepherd all of that. And so in that way, it's very similar to a live action director. And I would say it is really just about the amount of time it takes. It is true that animation, while beautiful, it does take a long time to design the characters, to design the scenes, to animate everything. Now, You've previously worked on other CGI anime films, but you've also worked on hand-drawn films in the past, like the Disney classics. So would you say you have a preference between the two mediums? You know, I love both mediums. They're just a different paintbrush. It's all about storytelling for me. It really is. Um, I certainly love having worked on Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. Those are fantastic movies. The craftsmanship is fantastic. But also Toy Story um, and the Shrek movies and all of those, they they all have a level of artistic craftsmanship that is equal, in my opinion. A lot of the artists have made the transition to CG or digital in some way. Um, so I don't think I have really a preference. I like both mediums. Well, to me personally, I think both are equally beautiful. And like you said, it is really about the story. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network, and currently we are talking to Kelly Asbury, who is the director of Smurfs the Lost Village. Now, our last question was about, does Kelly prefer CGI animation or hand-drawn, because he has worked on both, and it's they're both very beautiful animation styles, and they both have so many artistic talents in them. So, Kelly, my next question is about people who want to become directors. I am personally trying to become a director myself. I love films. I would like to direct them. What tips would you give to people like me and others? Well, you know, I think, first of all, see as many films as you can. I think read as many scripts as you can get a hold of. Um, watch as many documentaries as you can. And uh, supplemental material on DVDs are great about the making of films and how films are made. And then the beautiful thing that people have today, especially younger people, is you've got phones that have cameras in them. You can make a movie and edit it and do everything in that phone. So the best way to learn how to direct a movie is to make movies. And I would say, don't worry about what anyone thinks about it. Don't worry about showing it in a theater. Don't Just go and make your own little short films and learn from that. And you'll learn about storytelling and visual storytelling, and what works and what doesn't, and what's confusing and what isn't. And you'll start learning about the structure of a visual storytelling medium like movies. Um, and that will just, if anything, just train you to sort of know what to look for when you do finally make that professional film, be it animated or live action. Well, I think those are beautiful tips. Thank you so much. So, for the, back to the Smurfs, do you think there's any future for the Smurfs? Like, 
what in your mind would be the future stories that could perhaps be turned into films? You know, it's hard to say. I think it's I think it's going to be some time. I think that people need a little bit of a breather from the Smurfs on film for a while because movies movies right now are so sort of saturated with these comedies with all sorts of little characters running around. I think that it's going to take some time, but I think sure, you know, in the future the Smurfs will always be around. Everyone's always going to love them uh, in the medium of books and television and, and all, you know, I'm sure they'll be coming up with all sorts of things online in the future. The, the people who run the Smurfs, Lafigue in Belgium, uh, they, they are in constant search of always new ways to exploit the Smurfs in the best fun way. So yeah, I mean, you know, they'll be around forever. Uh, so I can't predict what the future is, but I think, I think that future generations will know what Smurfs are. Definitely. Smurfs has existed for a long time and I, also hope myself that the Smurfs exist for a much longer time as well. Now, I have another question for you. You have done many roles in film and animation in the past. So would you say you have a favorite role? Would it be directing? Would it be writing? Would it be something directly related to animation? What would you say is your favorite role on a film set or animation set in this case? Well, you know, at, at my heart, I'm a storyteller. And I think that writing and storyboarding and directing really all are hand in hand with each other. They sort of, you have to be, if you're a storyboard artist, you have to have the instincts of a director. If you're a writer, you have to have the instincts to tell a story with pictures. And if you're a director, you have to know how to put all the th those things together with an editor and make it all make sense. So I certainly love directing, but in my off time, I write all the time and I storyboard. I help friends with their movies. Uh, sometimes I storyboard little things of my own for future reference or to help me when I write a screenplay. So it's all three of those things. Um, I love to draw. I love to make up stories. And uh, that's really where my heart is. They definitely do work hand in hand. Not one thing creates a film. Everything needs to work together to make a film. It's very true. Yep. So... Aside from this film and other films you've worked on, do you have a favorite film? Could be animated, could be live action, could be some different medium. I'll tell you, I have a lot of favorite films. I'll give you my favorite live action movie is To Kill a Mockingbird uh, from 1962. It's black and white. It's a fantastic movie based on a fantastic book. My favorite animated feature of all time, and there are lots in, you know, this, these are hard choices. But it is Dumbo, Disney's Dumbo. Both absolutely classics, both beautiful, beautiful films, and I love them as well. Thank you so much for talking to me about Smurfs the Lost Village. I'm happy to do it anytime. That's good. That's fantastic. For our viewers, if you'd like to check out Smurfs the Lost Village, it is out now in theaters. So definitely check it out. It's a fantastic, fantastic film. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and this week's show is sponsored by Kiwi Season 1. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. 
All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our kids' first film critics boot camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm samantha marcus and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we've been talking about some great films like smurfs the lost village and next i'm super honored to be talking to tamlin hall an award-winning director producer and writer of holding on which i have to say hands down was one of the most moving films that i've ever seen This film is extremely close to Tamlin's heart because it's based on one of his childhood best friends, Holden Layfield, who struggled with schizophrenia as a young adult. So, Tamlin, thank you so much for giving up your time to speak about such an incredible film. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me, and and, uh, I'm so honored to be here. So thank you, Samantha, and kids first. Well, we're really delighted to have you. So I want to start off by talking about your inspiration for the film. I know that your inspiration came from you know, personal experience when you were younger. So would you say that this moment, this film, was was that the reason why you wanted to become a producer and director? Would, were you thinking about being in a different kind of profession? I mean, what was, what was your mindset when you were thinking about your career options? <laughs> uh yeah, I would say that this was this was one of those stories. Well, Holden had, has a has a big part of my heart because the way that I came into this story was that he had so much humanity and he treated me with so much kindness and compassion when I was growing up. I was bullied uh, when I was growing up. I was overweight and and I got picked on a lot and. I didn't have very many friends, and Holden was one of those guys who just kind of he embraced me and, and treated me like I belonged in the world, and he, you know, joked with me and, and made me laugh and made me feel like I was worthy to be here. So um, the inspiration really for this story came through um, through Holden and the humanity that he had, and I wanted to share that with the world in order to to help others and, and to keep this humanity alive. I think that that's great. I mean, you did a great job. I really, the connection between Holden and his best friend, it was, it was incredible. And since this film is, you know, it's based on a very serious matter. What did you look for in the main character when you were conducting auditions? Because, you know, Holden was a really close friend of yours. So I'm sure, like, was there anything specific that you were looking for? Did you have a specific image or did you kind of keep it open? Yeah, Samantha, we went, you know, to be honest, we, when we started casting, we, we put out a breakdown and, and, um, and we ended up getting about 
you know, I would say about 3,000 submissions from agents and managers and, and actors. And uh, we really felt that we had to honor Holden in the story and his family. And, and so we really did a nationwide search. And what it came down to was that um, Matthew Fay, who, who plays Holden in the film, uh, he had auditioned for us and we brought him in uh, for a callback and then a second callback. And we kind of had, had waited um, to make a decision on anything. And we started raising money on Kickstarter. This is a totally grassroots movement uh, and film. And, and after we, we got our initial uh, success on Kickstarter and, and the money, Matt reached out to me and, and said, you know what, man, like, I don't even, I don't even want to be in the film. I just want to help. So just whatever I can do to help. And that just immediately told me, Matt has this quality that Holden had that expressed a generosity. So uh, let's meet up. So we met up and and I realized that getting out of the, the, the casting office and really seeing Matt for who he was and he had the generosity, he had the compassion, he had the acceptance and it was all there inside of him. And I thought, man, like, we've just tapped into something uh, remarkable because he gives all of the qualities that Holden had. And so we, we did a table read at Matt's Matt's acting studio in LA and, and immediately cast him and and me and him worked together for about six months on the role before we started shooting. Wow. That's, that's really a great story. I really admire how um, you work so close with him and you were just talking about the grassroots movement. Um, I think it's really heartwarming how you're keeping Holden's legacy alive through um, the current nationwide movement with artistic expression. How do you feel about making his legacy live on through his sister's drawings? Because I was reading your bio and you were saying how you you found these drawings and you wanted, you know, Matthew was helping you and you came up with such a um, such a great movement. Yeah, so uh, basically, I don't want to give anything away with the film, but uh, um, uh, Heather Holden's sister would um, would do drawings for Holden for inspiration, um, and gave it to him after his schizophrenia. And he 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 had a dual diagnosis of schizophrenia and, and uh, um, substance abuse issue. And and so when I was gearing up to do the the initial crowdfunding campaign and and we had the website going and and there was just this spark it was i really felt like it was a calling something was just saying like hey there's something to this there's something that that holden's sister did for holden that that could kind of unite everybody um because we wanted to create something that lasted beyond the lifespan of this film and we wanted to continue that movement for for decades and decades and and I'm using my voice through art to to tell Holden on and and to honor Holden's legacy and we felt like or I felt like you know what like we've there's so many teens out there there's so many students in high school that that have a voice and like what a, what a better way to talk about mental health and a suicide in a in an honest and real way than than to create art and use their voice through art because I'm doing that with the film so let's let's keep that and let's spread that and let's make that a grassroots movement to not only go national but a global thing um, and it can continue for uh, indefinitely. I think that that's great that you're sharing your voice and letting, you know, kids like me join in on it. I I really admire that. You're (laughs) listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Smurfs, The Lost Village, Holding On, Pure Country, Pure Heart, and My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Twilight, and Starlight. 
Right now, we're talking with Tamlin Hall, the producer, director, and writer of a wonderful film, Holding On. So we were just talking about the grassroots movement that is currently nationwide and how kids like us and even teens and adults can get involved and join in with Holden and Tamlin and Matthew on this um, just to spread such a positive message. So turning to some of what's in the film, but I don't want to give it away, but what do you believe are some kind of red flags about if someone needs help? Because you know, I personally noticed that the signs with someone who has, who is battling with a mental illness, not all the time is it clear. Like for Holden, for example, you would never know. Like the people in the audience were trying to relate to him, but it appears as if he, you know, you, no one really, well, I personally didn't really know much about it. So, and likewise, not many people know this about me, but my aunt, similar story, she lost her battle to depression and nobody really knew about it so no like Holden no one no one really not everyone knows about it so how can how can we help our loved ones how can we get involved what do you think is the best way to do that yeah well I think I I think part of it you know we we talk about in the film uh the secret and we all have secrets and that was Holden's secret it was that he had an undiagnosed mental illness and 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 it's very tough as as we show in the film his parents just thought that he was teenage rebellion and and you know and growing his hair out and and hanging out with uh, a different crowd of friends and, and that stuff. But I, I think that any time that we, you know, I think a sign is, is definitely whenever we, we start to distance ourselves and, and we start to transform in a way that, you know, might suggest something um, might be different with that person. And, and just, you know, to parlay on that, like what we want to do is, is to create a discussion through our grassroots grassroots movement I am holding on about this that we can we can actually talk about this in a real and honest way so we can actually you know this secret doesn't become a secret anymore because uh, you know any any of the the negative connotations and the aspect of mental illness is is alleviated and it's absolved so we wouldn't have this this issue of, of not knowing um, because we're actually able to sit there and we can discuss it with our friends with our loved ones with our parents with our you know from teachers to students and, and likewise and vice versa what we what we really want to do is we want to bring that in from fr from the you know initial stages of of adolescence and and teens and create this this discussion in a way that you know any of this stuff that you know I've dealt with loss and you've dealt with loss that 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 becomes uh, alleviated and absolved in a way because we've because we're able to actually talk about this. Right, I completely agree, and I know the film it has such a positive message. So I'm assuming you know from what I've seen in the film, there are many. Even though the film is you know it is very heartwarming and it is sad to see Holden struggle but there are there were a few scenes that really made me laugh and I know <laughs> not everyone who hasn't seen the film yet they won't know until they see it but is there anything you know funny or exciting that happened behind the scenes that you could share with our listeners <laughs> well, we were always cut, cutting up. We had uh, we had like a big family that came down to Georgia. We had uh, a lot of these actors live in Los Angeles, and and they flew down and they spent the whole time with us. So we actually got to spend time during the holidays. So Thanksgiving was was one day that we had you know we had a big family meal, and they went over to another house and and they had a big party and we would always go out on the lake they stayed at this place called highland marina which uh we, we, they had cabins and so it became summer camp 
for all of these cast and crew, um, which was really remarkable. So we were able to really like have fun and engage with the community. Like the there is a scene in the in the film where you know uh, Holden and and Zente dress up. Uh, they they're forced to dress up as cheerleaders and and go in front of the whole student body and do this dance. And that was so much fun because we actually got to use the real cheerleaders at the high school and the real cheerleading coach actually taught Matt and Steve that dance and that choreography. So Steve came down who plays Zente first and they taught him the dance and Matt was actually shooting another film uh, in LA at the time. And he came down the day before we started shooting. And so Steve had to show Matt the dance moves and so Matt's first film and the the first scene and and holding on for Matt was actually that that uh, pep rally scene where he's in front of the whole high school uh, dancing yeah that was that was personally I was actually gonna say that I agree that was one of my favorite scenes because you could just see how happy he was and even though he wasn't really happy being dressed up as a cheerleader, you know, you saw how happy <laughs> everybody else was. So I really enjoyed That was like one of my favorites. And my last question to you is, you know, you had such an incredible film. It was a great success. And I'm sure you're working on something else. Is there any anything you could share with our listeners today about any upcoming projects that they should be looking out for? It looks like I am attached to direct uh, my second feature, which is a New York Times bestselling novel called A Child Called It. And um, and I know Kelly had just mentioned To Kill a Mockingbird in the last segment, and it's the second most rented book in the, in the library next to To Kill a Mockingbird. It was it was made in the '90s, and and it sold about six and a half million copies. And it's a it's a triumphant and, and inspirational story of of a of a child struggling silently through uh, the child abuse of his mother. And, and so we're going to tell this story in, in, in the most authentic way and, and really um, give a, an inspiration and hope to those who, who, um, who have dealt with, with child abuse. And uh, it's another social issue, narrative drama, but we're going to bring a lot of humor to it. We're going to bring a lot of love. Um, we're going to bring a lot of support. And, and that's, that's what we're going to do next. Well, I'm, I'm extremely excited for it. Um, Thank you so much for talking to me today about Holding On. Where can, I know there you've won awards at multiple film festivals and it's been an, um, a nationwide movement. Where can our listeners check out the film today? Today, you would have to go to a film festival. We are in discussions with uh, distributors right now. So cross some fingers, we'll be able to see it uh, in a few different countries here in the, in the coming months. But as of right now, uh, you can go to our Facebook page, which is... Um, I am holding on. Uh, it's it's under Holden Layfield, Holden's name. I am holding on. Our website's on IamHoldingOn.org. Uh, we have tour dates there. We have a store there. We have the trailer there. We have we we update everybody with where we're going to be at next. We're going to Macon, Georgia. We're going to Breckenridge, Colorado. We're going to Louisville, Kentucky. It looks like we're going up to t- Toronto, Canada, and down to Florida and over to Michigan. So we're gonna we're gonna do this big tour uh, this year and and get people. Uh, engaged in talking about mental health and suicide and, and do it in a fun and creative way and, and do it through art and, and discussion. Uh, and then it's going to be up to stream online, I'm going to say, you know, uh, by the 1st of 2018. Wow, that's that's really incredible. Thank you so much for sharing everything about this film. You're doing a great job. I can't wait to, I can't wait to see your upcoming projects. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Samantha Marcus, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Kiwi Season 1. 
Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orse, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We were just talking to Tamlin Hall, who is the producer of Holding On, a fantastic film. And currently, we're going to be talking to Cozy Zulsdorf, who plays Piper Spencer in the film Pure Country, Pure Heart, which is out on DVD and online August 1st. So, Cozy, can you tell us about your character, Piper? Yes, um, my character, Piper is about 14 or 15 years old. She's the younger sister to Ada and the two sisters. Um, Their story in the movie is that their father passed away as a war hero um, when they were very young, so they don't know much about him. But when they discover who he was, they discover that he was a singer-songwriter before he passed away. And so... It's their mission to continue his legacy and to become singer-songwriters themselves. So this is a very powerful story, I imagine. Did you ever find it hard to make natural emotions? Because I'm sure there's a lot of emotional scenes in this film. Yeah, it was actually pretty liberating to do a movie like this because it was an inspirational family movie, but it was not overly sentimental or sappy in any way. We got to be our true selves and react to all of the situations truthfully and um, that's really to the credit of our, our director, Damon Santistefano. And uh, with working with him, he never pushed us to do anything but tell the truth. And so it was actually easier than you might expect to do that as opposed to try to act more excited or more emotional. And we just we just told the truth and people responded to that, which is amazing. Well, that sounds like a fantastic concept. I really do think personally that the best emotions are the real and natural ones. Mm -hmm. So there's quite a few scenes where you sing since this is about your, about the father who was a musician as well as Mm -hmm. a military man. So were you a natural singer before or did you start singing for this film? I was a singer before. My parents were actually in a band together before I was born. And so music has been in my family for generations, actually. And um, growing up, I always wanted to be a singer. And then I started professionally acting. And then 
My first time joining the two together was when I wrote and performed a song that was used in the end credits of my movie, Dolphin Tale 2. And since then, I've released a lot of music. Um, And so this was fun because it was a chance to sing, but not as myself, as a character, which I had never done professionally before. So that was really, really cool. And do you have a favorite song that you sang in the film? Ooh, that's such a good question. My favorite is probably Slide. It's one of the first songs we sing in the movie. It was written by Maren Morris, who I love. She's amazing. And um, it was just a really special moment to perform it with Caitlin Bausch, who plays my older sister. We love each other, and it was it was really fun to sing that song. So I know this is a little harder over the radio, but could you give us a little bit of the song, you know, sing it? <laughs> sure, it might come across distorted, but I'll give it a go. All right, here we go. Let them slide into the way I was before I knew what I love, not a single clue, what I held inside. Just lead me away from that slide. <laughs> that is absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Now, I also see that you play the piano, right? Yes, I do. So, would you say that's your favorite instrument, or do you want to learn oh, any yes. other instruments? I've Well, I play classical piano, so it takes a lot of time to practice, uh, especially in the heat of practicing. I was practicing about two hours a day. Uh, I play, I've played for 10 years, and it's definitely one of my biggest passions. So, to be honest, there wasn't really time for another instrument. So, when I write, I write on piano, and I, I'm kind of like a singer-songwriter with piano. Kind of like, um, I aspire to be someone like Sarah Bareilles or something like that. The way I that see. she does that. Well, something about it, but but piano music and singing go just go so well together. It's, they sure do. It, it, it's amazing. So, like you said a few times, you do have a lot of sisters in the film, and I'm sure it gets very close with the fellow actresses. So, can you kind of tell about the chemistry on set and how that plays out in the film? Yeah, totally. Well, this is a predominantly female cast, so there are only a few guys in the whole movie. <laughs> and the ladies have the power. They, they really lead the charge in the story. And so it was really amazing to work with not only a lot of women, but generations of women. You know, I have a grandmother in the movie and a mom and a sister and a friend and a mentor musically played by Laura Bell Bundy. And it was just it was just so special. I really, there's, there's no real words to describe how close we all got. I mean, we're, do, we're all doing press today here in, in LA and we're all not wanting to say goodbye and like hanging around each other, even though we're, we're technically done with work because we all just love each other so much. And that's kind of rare and it makes it special. Well, based off what I saw from the film, it looked like the relationships between you guys look really natural, look very realistic. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. And right now we're talking to Cozy Zulsdorf, who plays Piper Spencer in the film Pure Country, Pure Heart, which is out on August 1st on DVD and online. And Cozy, my next question for you is, what was it like to work with Willie Nelson, who is a fantastic musician? Uh, Working with Willie Nelson was definitely one of the coolest days of my life. I mean, he's a legend. And when it comes to country music, there's really no one better. I mean, and more iconic. So working with him was definitely just a practice in living in the moment and appreciating absolutely every minute of that experience. And it was so fun to share it with Caitlin, again, who plays my sister, because we walked off stage and she burst into tears and went, I can't believe we just got to do that. And so 
It was wonderful, and it was actually uh, recording uh, his concert and singing at his at his real concert was our last scene in the entire movie to shoot. So it was pretty a pretty amazing way to end this incredible shoot. It does sound like a fantastic way to end it. Now, aside from the songs inside the actual movie, do you have a favorite song in general? Ooh, I have not been asked that all day. I like that question. <laughs> Shoot, I'd have to go through my phone library. Okay, I love Broadway. So Dear Evan Hansen is my favorite album of all time right now. Uh, I also love Anything by Tori Kelly. Uh, I'm also into the Miranda Lambert song Tin, Tin Man. That's that's another answer. So really, don't even get me started because I can name hundreds of songs that I love right now. I listen to music all day long, but that's, <laughs> that's just a few of my favorites. There are definitely a lot of good songs out there. It, it, it's kind of like for everything. There's so many out there. It's hard to choose just a favorite of anything. It's so true. So was there any type of character that you haven't played that you want to play? Ooh, well, I like this question. Um, I love to play the lead in an action movie. That's definitely a bucket list item. Something like National Treasure or Journey to the Center of the Earth or, you know, or Jurassic World or something like that. And I'd love to be in a superhero franchise. I love Spider-Man and I love The Flash. Those are like my dream (laughs) (laughs) co-stars. Okay, quick superhero question. Marvel or DC? Oh, don't make me choose. I thought we were friends. Um, oh, shoot. Oh, just because of Spider-Man, I think. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I'm going to go with Marvel. I'm going to go with Marvel. Yeah, they definitely have a lot of good films out there. Yeah, I just saw Spider-Man Homecoming, and it was ridiculously good. It is definitely one of the best. Okay, back tr- back to uh, pure country. Do you Would you have a favorite scene in the film? One of my favorite scenes, the one that I can walk away and feel like proudest of, was uh, the huge fight scene where we're fighting with our mom and we're all crying. Uh, it was a really hard scene to shoot, and it took seven hours to shoot. And it was really emotional and challenging and pushed me to the very edge of my limits. So watching it back makes me feel proud because I know that like coming out of the whole experience, I became a stronger actor. Hmm. It, it, based off what I saw from the scene, it looked very emotional. It looked fantastic. It just looked like a beautiful scene. It made me very emotional myself when I watched it. <laughs> do you do you think there's a message or moral you want audiences to get out of the story? Absolutely. This film really gently and powerfully deals with uh, the impact of loss and what it means to move forward in your life in a way that honors the person that you've lost and keeps them alive in your memory and in your legacy, in your own life. Um, With us, that has to do with our father. Um, You know, he was a singer and a songwriter, and our mom is so overwhelmed with grief that she doesn't even want to acknowledge her daughter's musical talent because it brings back so many memories of her, her late husband. But we kind of teach her through our own actions and our own passion that singing will actually take away the pain because it will fill that hole that he left behind when he passed away and and it will continue this legacy of music and and passion and love. So yeah, that's really the message and it's told in a way that doesn't hit you over the head with it, which I think often makes the impact stronger than if we told you. Now remember kids, you know, like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think the uh, moral should be good when the film actually teaches it, you it, but you have to understand the moral yourself. You have to get the moral. 
And yeah. it's, it's just such an original moral, and I think that not a lot of films focus on it, because in terms of grieving, there's not really a lot of films that talk about it. So It's so true. It is, sadly. So your character, Piper, how would you say you're different or similar to Piper? Ooh, okay. Well, Piper's quite a few years younger than I am. We're about four years apart in age. I'll be 19 in like a couple weeks, but she's about 15 or 14. So with that comes Piper. Basically, Piper says everything that I would just think but not say. Piper is very forward, and she just says anything she thinks, and it makes for a lot of funny moments in Pure Country, Pure Heart. Um, But we're both alike in that we really care about right and wrong. We have a really strong sense of right and wrong, and we fight for justice. And um, when we're passionate about something, we go for it, and we both love to sing. So those are our our main similarities. Well, those are wonderful traits. Uh, Cozy, thank you so much for talking to me about your role in Pure Country, Pure Heart. Of course. Thank you. This is awesome. Fantastic. For viewers, if you'd like to check out the film, like I said previously, it comes out on DVD and it's available online starting August 1st. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. This show is sponsored by Kiwi Season 1. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Samantha Marcus, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Pure Country, Pure Heart with Cozy Zulsdorf, who plays Piper in the movie. And next, we'll be talking with Cameron, who is 15 and is from Los Angeles. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Good. How's your day going? Very good. It's very, very hot in Los Angeles right now, so I'm kind of staying inside. Yeah, I totally agree. I I think I stood outside for about 20 minutes, and I am still recovering. (laughs) So, in my opinion, nowadays animated TV shows are kind of, they can be applied to almost anyone, but My Little Pony is generally directed towards a younger audience. You know, I don't know about your parents, but adults really don't say 
I can't wait to grab my large popcorn and watch the entire <laughs> My Little Pony series. I mean, if there are adults listening and you do that, no, no judging at all. Like, I totally understand. That's cool. But, I mean, what do you think? Are there any messages, you know, because, you know, we're teens. So, are there any well, messages that we could relate to and older? Well, as a teenager, of course, yes. I, I don't really like the animation at all because I feel like I'm older and I should be, like, watching reality TV shows. But... Um, a message out of the series was to stay true to you, even if other people want to change who you are, and um, the way that other people around you can influence who you are. Like that's what I took out of the series. I think that I think that's great. I think you know you know we can both relate to that. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. generally to younger kids. I mean, the, the show is, but I totally think staying true to yourself is something that you know I even need to listen to. So. The message you were just talking about, is that, is it kind of clear? Was it obscure? Like, did you pick that up fairly quickly? Like, what did you think when you were watching it? Um, as I was watching it, I actually didn't really see a message. I thought I was just watching this for fun, quote unquote. But um, once I kept watching and like um, seeing how the characters reacted when um, they needed help making friends or in other situations, I saw that the message uh, came out clear that uh, Twilight, no. Sparkle and Twilight are like together and helping each other being true to uh, themselves and helping each other make friends that are a good influence instead of a bad influence, if that makes sense. I I honestly think that that's, you know, that's great. That's really true. So were you originally like a My Little Pony fan? And you're just talking about how you should be watching, you know, like older stuff. But like, you know, My Little Pony has been around for so long. When I was smaller, I think I would see it a little bit like I've seen a couple of episodes but I was more of a Dora person I'd watch Dora all the time instead of My Little Pony but yeah I've seen a couple of episodes Dora if you're listening to this she just said that (laughs) but yeah I I totally know what you mean because Dora's got the whole backpack and boots and everything but My Little Pony My Little Pony's really cool too like what would you who would you say your favorite (laughs) character was and like or like your favorite scene because I know there were like five episodes right um, yes, actually, there were. So, well, who was, like, if you could tell us, like, a little bit about each episode and who your favorite character or scene was. Um, the first episode was mostly about, um, introducing, uh, Twilight and Sparkle and how, um, Sparkle is, um, in need of help of Twilight, which is her mentor. So, Twilight is a mentor for Sparkle because both of them have similar backgrounds of being evil at one point and trying to turn on to the good side. So, they're, um, Twilight's trying to help Sparkle somewhat transfer over to this new, um, stage of life of good, of being good and doing good things. And I think my favorite character would have to be Twilight because I did do I did do um, a review on another movie, but it wasn't really a series. And I actually liked her in that movie and it seemed like her character also showed like shone bright inside uh, this series as well. So I don't know. I feel like Twilight is spectacular. I think I think that that's great. Yeah, I, I would de- I would definitely agree. I haven't seen My Little Pony in a long time, but I do vaguely remember Twilight, and she's great. So, since My Little Pony, you said you watched it when you were younger. How is the, I guess how is the animation different? Is it similar? You know, is it better? 
you know? Um, no, uh, when I was younger, the animation was actually more not really clear and like crisp as the series that I watched uh, recently. Like the colors pop more in um, this DVD series than back then in old times. So I think if you actually watch the series, it would be more clear, audio is more clear, everything is just more updated, I should say. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Smurfs, The Lost Village, Holdin' On, Pure Country, Pure Heart, and My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Twilight, and Starlight. Right now we're talking to Cameron, who's 15 and is from Los Angeles, and we were just talking about the differences in animation between, you know, now and My Little Pony and before, since it's been around for a while. So this question doesn't really have to do with the movie, but it's a question that I'm actually curious about. Do you actually want a pony after seeing this film? <laughs> to be honest, no. I don't think I'll, I'm like the biggest fan to actually go out and buy a pony, but I would watch the series again in the near future. Really, it was it was what what were your thoughts on it? I know you kind of talked about it already, but was it really enjoyable for you? I, I loved. I didn't really love it. I was about to say it, but. I liked it a lot because it was interesting and it captured my attention. I wasn't like bored and like falling asleep because I'm like a teenager, but I actually liked the episodes. I just wouldn't watch it over and over and over again. It like wasn't my favorite series, but I did like it. I just won't buy a stuffed animal. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, I actually have a My Little Pony stuffed animal, so I'm very offended. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I don't have, yeah, I know what you mean because, you know, once you. Not everyone is that super fan, but yeah, I, I totally understand. So, is there anything that you could, any kind of top secret kind of information you can give away about the episodes, you know, that without giving too much away, like, you know, just to kind of intrigue the listeners, because, you know, I'm really curious. Um, intriguing about the episodes? I guess, to me, it's like, me watching it, I liked how there was some, um, some like a uh, mystery I guess like a tad a bit of mystery I like the last episode the most because it really showed like the message you have to watch it to like see how like it plays out in the end because it really defines the fact of the whole meaning of friendship and how strong it is between S Sparkle and her friends so I think that's something you have to watch to see and like how it progresses through the series and the episodes yeah, I, I totally agree. It's it's hard to kind of understand without watching it. What is, I guess, what would you say is maybe like a sentence or a few words or, you know, as many sentences as you want is why, why should somebody, you know, like me watch the film? Like personally, My Little Pony, I've heard of it. I think it's a really cute design and everything. Why should, you know, why should I step out of my comfort zone and watch it? You know, what would make it appealing to, I mean, I know it's technically more for girls, I guess, but what would make it appealing to everybody? Um, seeing, trying to find out, like, which pony you are, I guess, like, they do show other characters that you have to see, like, to watch to find out who they are, and they have different personality traits that, like, could relate to yourself, so you could, like, make yourself a pony, I guess, <laughs> in the series. And you could like play out as you're watching and like say, oh, I'm I'm this pony and I'm doing this and my decision is this. And um, 
I guess that's something that you could take away if you watch it. Also, the message is really nice to, like, after watching it, I, it reminded myself to, like, oh, wow, my friends also influence what I do and how um, what I say and what um, aspects of my life are different or whatever situations. But I guess um, mostly people can watch this for the message, just to be, like, reminded of, a, like, a good message with funny designs and animations. And just seeing what, like, personality you are with a pony and being, like, cool with a pony, I guess. Which which pony would you say that you are? Okay, um, this is hard. I want to say Twilight. I don't know, because I love purple. Twilight, or I don't know what her name is, but, like, there's this other pony, and she's, like, a cowgirl. I think she's, like, really funny. But, um, yeah, I think her or Twilight, one of them. Wow, I can't wait to, you know, go home and figure out which pony I am, because I think that's <laughs> told me. I need to know what kind of pony I am, because I think, you know, it, it's kind of funny, but I think it's also true, because, you know, those, these kinds of um, episodes, like My Little Pony, they are really trying to teach you something. Like you said, the message is uh, really, really inspiring to everybody. So what would you say... I know we kind of talked about who the film is directed to, but what would be the age range and the star rating for this for this uh, series? Um, age range, maybe like 8 to 12-year-olds. Um, maybe when younger kids watch it, they won't really see the message, but they can still watch it and have fun with like seeing ponies and stuff. But I feel like to eight, 8 to 12, they could actually see the message of friendship and how... It influences them as they're going through life, I guess. But yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking about My Little Pony. We really appreciate your feedback on it. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps to learn how you can join our Kids First film critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of Huffington Post and check out our YouTube channel. You can get there easily from our homepage at kidsfirst.org. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Kiwi Season 1. Also, if you didn't know, today is National Sour Candy Day. Go to the nearest theater and check out these films while eating some Sour Patch. I'm Samantha Marcus. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. <laughs>